0: Hello and welcome to In the Envelope, and awards podcast. I am, as always, your host, Jack Smart, the awards editor at Backstage, your guide to the acting industry and the most trusted name in casting. We're here to give you a front row seat to the small screen's biggest awards race, the 2017 Emmy Awards. This season of In the Envelope is brought to you by
1: HBO. It's one of those moments where you go, wow, she loves this as much as I do. And we felt like we were in a play. It was just me and her.
0: That was Emmy Award winner Regina King, Um, which uh, was an interview that Jamie and I just recorded, isn't that right, Jamie? We did. It was a very good interview. Yes, it was, and uh, I'm so excited for our listeners to hear it. Um, Regina joined us from LA, and I'm here in New York, and um, we got into it on a lot of the reasons why she's such an amazing actor. Yeah. A two-time, a consecutive two-time Emmy winner for the last two years, nominated again in that same category. Um, but also a director. And we, Jamie and I were just talking about how one of the best parts of this interview is that she kind of gives some really insightful breakdowns on directing, on being on both sides of the camera, and some really useful advice for actors who are new to that world or actors who are not new to that world, I suppose.
2: Yeah, you really got into the nitty-gritty there with the, uh, mm-hmm. the questioning. So congratulations.
0: Well done. Oh, <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Thank you. She... Um, Yeah, she's spoken with us before. She's a fan of ours. We're a fan of hers. And it's because, as she points out, she's talking to her brethren. She's talking to her Mm. fellow actors. And, you know, we're here to ask about the craft and the business of acting. And this is Regina King. She knows about the craft and business of acting.
2: Yeah, and from multiple sides, like you mentioned, you know, from and how she takes her mm. experience from an early age as an actor and applies that yes. as a director, and that, I thought that mm-hmm. was really fascinating. I think listeners yeah. are going to get a lot out of that.
0: Yeah, I'm so interested in how actors some have just a very definitive style of working, and I love when you can kind of see that reflected in their performances. Because in Regina's case, yeah. she, as she revealed, she's someone who very much prefers to when filming a scene to just dive right into the meatiest, most emotional part, mm. preferably to film her sides of the scene first, preferably um, in close-up. And it's because she's an amazingly brave performer, yeah. but also because she is experiential. She's an experiential learner. She learns by doing. And that, as you said, that does come back to her time as a child actor when she starred on the sitcom 227, and, um, where she kind of laid the groundwork for all of her her future
2: inspirations. And that makes sense that she, you know, she wasn't over-intellectualizing her performance as, a, yeah. as a child actor, so it makes sense why right. starting that at an early age, has, that has uh, permeated her adult career right. as
0: well. Right. And even if you, listener, uh, don't have a style of acting that kind of matches that, there's still plenty of wisdom in this interview. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, for you to take into your life and into your next job definitely in fact i mean this is as much of a guidebook on how to win an emmy award as any of our other issues <laughs> if yeah. not more so um and i'm just so excited for this upcoming ceremony because she is in the very unusual it's, it must be pointed out it's a very unusual position for an actor to win in the limited series or movie categories multiple times in a row yeah because those are always different every year it's perfectly fine for a comedy you know actor in a comedy or drama but in her case she's kind of the reigning champ and this is the third season of american crime and she did incredible work so we're excited absolutely can't wait i was i a little bit too like i was i like a little bit too gaga over her <laughs> no i kept like praising her because i find her so amazing you're just
2: enthusiastic that's fine i was that's very fine. enthusiastic i've realized over the course of these podcasts that i say absolutely Way too much. Oh, my God. And I say brilliant way too much. Oh, really? (laughs) Yes. So I'm trying to avoid that. Those are our words. Yeah.
0: Me too. Me too. So. This is good to know. Well, notes for next time. Yeah. All right. Let's get to our interview with Regina King. Yeah. Ah, can't wait. Let's do it. This episode is brought to you by HBO's original limited series, The Night Of, which delves into the intricate story of a fictitious murder case in New York City, examining the police investigation, the criminal justice system, and the purgatory of Rikers Island, where the accused awaits his trial. The Washington Post raves, John Turturro and Riz Ahmed shine, for your Emmy consideration in outstanding limited series and all other categories. Regina King is the reigning champ of the Emmy Award for Outstanding Featured Actress in a limited series or TV movie for the last two years running for ABC's American Crime. She got her start as a child actor in 227 and went on to star in films including Boys in the Hood, Jerry Maguire, and Ray, and TV shows including The Big Bang Theory, Shameless, Southland, and The Leftovers. A director as well as an Emmy-winning actor, Regina has plenty of advice for actors at all levels of their career. Here it is, our interview with Regina King. Congratulations on your third consecutive Emmy nomination.
1: Thank you. How does it feel? It feels great. It feels great. It feels great to still have a job and be working on other things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, because, you know, the nomination comes after you've done the work. Yeah. So mm. while the nomination is great, you still hope and pray that you're still waking up in the morning to (laughs) do something else, you know?
0: Right, right. Because it's true of every working actor that you go through dry spells and you could find a time when you don't have a lot of work in front of you, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to have that.
0: No, no. And backstage users they want to hear about that i think from especially from successful actors because it's i think there's a misconception that once you reach a certain level of success once you win an emmy award for example it's you're good to go and you can work every day for the rest of your life and take your pick of the many projects before you that's not quite always the case right
1: no it's not quite always the case and it's sometimes the case is is that but it's not necessarily the work that you want to do, you know, mm. you are are working to continue the same lifestyle that you have, but mm. not necessarily able to do a project that you're really passionate about because right. you can't find the financing or you know, and, mm. and I'm mentioning those stars that have done those twenty million dollar fifteen million dollar deals and mm. and it's been a movie that was a huge success and they kind of have to continue to keep doing that same type of film. Mm -hmm. Well, and
0: this third season, this third Emmy nomination for this show, even though you're playing, it's an anthology show and you're playing completely different characters. Does it feel like, oh, another round of doing the press for the show, another round of the quote unquote Emmy campaign? Or is it different for an anthology show where you're kind of talking about three different characters
1: no it's like that for everything that you do regardless Uh, if it's a movie (laughs) show uh, whatever you know when you're on the press tour to talk about it it's okay i'm gonna be talking about this for 15 hours (laughs) um but you know it's it's part of the part of the whole package
0: yeah and do you get asked the same questions over and over again
1: Yes, you do. You (laughs) do. But again, you know, um, how often is it like just recently we were just in the car driving over here and um, Mm -hmm. I was saying, oh, wow, I didn't even know a Spider-Man movie was out. So uh-huh. it just goes to show that <laughs> uh, even though you may feel like you're the hamster on the wheel doing mm. the same thing over and over again, it, part of it the cycle is because everybody's not listening at the same time. Everybody's not watching I, at the same time.
0: Yeah. And there's so much content out there, especially on so TV. So
1: much content <laughs> to, you know, sure that they're, the, they're those true fans, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, uh, you're always looking for ways to broaden your audience, so yeah, you kind of have to answer the same question <laughs> again and again because they're different outlets. Always, of course, too, right?
0: You know. Well, I'm gonna try to ask questions that uh, most other outlets wouldn't ask. Um. <laughs> well,
1: I mean, I think there's a sensitivity here because it, this is uh, hmm. backstage. You know yeah. that. Um, we're 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 speaking to our peers. We're we're talking That's right. to um, each other. So that That's right. I think that that makes it more of a conversation, I guess.
0: Yeah, and it's well, I mean we're certainly not here to ask interviewees about their personal lives or about what they're wearing <laughs> or any kinds of kind of personal questions like that, unless it's relevant to the craft, right. and to the business of acting. Yeah.
1: So that's so, always a good thing. Yeah,
0: and I'm so glad that you're a fan of Backstage. Did you when when you were kind of starting off, take me back to the early days. First of all, did you ever use Backstage? You were cast on a show very young.
1: Um no. I mean, I always, you know, aware of it. You know, it's it's yeah. it's a it's a publication that is part of the actors conversation mm-hmm. like a Hollywood reporter, or Variety, or Samuel French—you know, those, oh cool, yeah, the, those I used to intern there. Oh, did you really? Oh, yeah. wow! <laughs> but you know, those things are those. I would say are no matter what city you're in as an actor, mm. you have heard those, Excellent. Uh, yeah, public of those publications or mm-hmm. of that bookstore, or you know, right. uh, so i I never actually used it because I was cast so young mm-hmm. and um, fortunately, my career you know kept going from yeah. there. yeah so th- that that's definitely a blessing, but I was always aware of backstage yes
0: excellent. Well, and I'm curious about two two seven too because obviously it, it's very much a foundation for you was your introduction to the industry. Um, and your kind of next big project was, was a very different role in a very di- very different character in Boys in the Hood. And so it kind of sounds like you've got the opportunity to show off one side of yourself and then almost rebrand, right?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I think that that's necessary for um, actors that really are, you know, either character actors mm. or um, they're not in it because they want to be a celebrity. They're in it right. because it's... it's it's an art form. Mm. And um, if that is who you are, you definitely have to be consciously working to not get yourself in a position where you're pigeonholed. Right. And it was really, really important at that time for me not to be looked at as the little girl or Mary's yeah. daughter, because I don't mm-hmm. think that while... I might have been a sweet little face or, oh, she's so cute. I don't <laughs> mm-hmm. know that I, I, at that point, um, had the opportunity on a big scale to show my abilities. You know, like, for sure. example, you have a Rick Schroeder. He was—you were mm-hmm. able to see how amazing he was as, as, a, as a child mm-hmm. in The Champ, mm-hmm. you know, and— um, Leonardo DiCaprio, same thing, you know, but I didn't have that opportunity while Mm. I learned so much being on 227 and just working with Marla Gibbs and Hal Williams and the importance of professionalism and Mm. those jewels that you can't, those are, they're jewels, they're gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, And they, they are big I think, a big part of why I've been able to continue for as many years as I've, I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I think boys in the hood allow people to go, oh, okay, yo, she is an actress.
0: mm mm-hmm. You know? And uh – no longer a child, and like, no
1: longer a child.
0: Yeah, a still young a woman.
1: child. I think. I mean, you yeah. know, because when you look at that character in Boys in the Hood, you know, they were still children for you sure. Know? Yeah, yeah.
0: She almost acted older than her
1: actual age, and that's because people that have that experience, you know, there are a lot, no yeah. matter what country you're in, mm. what city you're in, when you've lived a hard life and have seen some pretty gnarly things, mm-hmm. it matures you quickly. You you sure. have to grow up fast just to survive. Mm-hmm. So that's why so often you see um, young kids that are um, actually kids but are mature beyond their years. Yeah, because they had to to protect themselves.
0: Oh, interesting. Well, and I also feel like starring at, on a sitcom as a kid—that is almost—that does force you to mature at a kind of a quicker rate,
1: right? Oh my gosh, absolutely. Um, that professionalism, definitely. I mean, look at you know, twenty. You know, I was owning property. Mm-hmm. Where wow. yeah. you know most people are like, okay, I think I'm going <laughs> going to change my major now. Right. You know, <laughs> so same. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely g- grows you up quickly.
0: Yeah. Well, and speaking of changing your major, I wanna I wanted to ask about your time at USC because you you were only there for two years, correct? Mm-hmm. And you didn't study acting there.
1: No, I did not. I think. For me, um, again, I I, I feel like no matter where I am, no matter what I do, I am a student of some sort. And uh I think so often—this is one of the things that I love about being a director. You're a leader Mm -hmm. and you're a student, um, Mm -hmm. sometimes at the same time. And um, uh, when I— was accepted to SC you know I was not really interested in going back into the classroom thing I, I'm a right. I, I like to learn from an experientially yeah
0: learn by <laughs> and,
1: doing yeah. yeah and um I just felt like if I majored in um drama that mm. That was not going to expose me to more things.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting because, for a lot of, uh, like, you're an experiential actor rather than a theoretical one, I guess. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, definitely. And sometimes I feel like I see some performances sometimes, and I feel like I can tell which actors are Mm. actors that have studied some place. And with this, particular type of technique um yeah. and actors that are just raw in yeah right and i and i think and 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 not saying that one actor is better than the other i'm just saying sometimes right. i can tell
0: yeah yeah and, yeah, and you must tell in your scene partners, too. Like, that must be so interesting to to kind of work a scene out with someone and be like, oh, you're a kind of person who learns this way or who prepares a role this way.
1: Yeah, usually I find when I'm—even <laughs> uh, <laughs> the I, even if I don't know an actor's background— mm-hmm or haven't been able to uh, guess from watching one of their performances, mm-hmm. I can tell that they study drama in college by the way uh-huh. they approach the scene. Right, They okay. want to talk it through and talk it out and yeah. do a okay. whole lot more than I really want to do. I'm kind of more like, the, let's, let's get it, get in it, and let's mm. see where it lands. But I don't want to yeah. over-talk it. I don't want to... Uh, squeeze out all those little great things that you find. You want to find them on camera. Gotcha. You know.
0: I feel like I can tell that about your acting, too, because I—and I was just re-watching some clips from your incredible performances in American Crime, (laughs) where I do feel like a lot of your work is in the reacting and is in American Crime does this thing— I almost feel like it's the signature of the show to have the camera on the person listening rather Mm -hmm. than the person talking. And your reactions are so organic— and they feel like a one-and-done take. <laughs> I don't know how often that happens, but it feels like the very first take and the very last take
1: uh, all at once. Um, Sometimes it does happen that way. Sometimes uh-huh. it does. Um, but I think that that also comes from, you know, with American crime, we all... We just had an amazing leader in um, John Ridley. Mm-hmm. And when... Someone is leading uh, with grace. You're yeah. you're mm. open and, and you're you're listening and, and you're um, you, you're you're ready to take direction and also share your um, ideas because mm-hmm. the, he's laid he's allowed the ground to be open so that you can. So when everyone, meaning the crew members and the actors, are going into it like that, mm. it uh, allows um, moments like that to happen over and over again. Like you, mm. you probably can talk to Felicity or talk to Benito or talk mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. Um, Lily or Tim, and mm. they probably would say a bit of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know that there's just these moments that happen and they happen because we we trust John.
0: Yeah. They trust tru- any trusts crucial. us. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Well, he trust you guys because you're all phenomenally talented. <laughs> oh. I think I think that's part of it. But I'm I'm super interested in this idea of like diving in, of that of of like you're the kind of actor who wants to just kind of get your hands dirty and try it. Does that ever backfire?
1: <laughs> um Well, knock on wood, in in my case, it hasn't, you know, it's because I guess I've been blessed enough to work with directors and actors and Mm -hmm. DPs who, who subscribe to that as well. Um, yeah. when I have come across certain directors that are like, okay, well, you know, we want to rehearse this scene, mm-hmm. you know, and I'll kind of be like, oh. <laughs> yeah. and then I'll let them know, all right, you know, I, I, I understand that you want to, because re- sometimes they want to rehearse just because it might be a really mm-hmm. huge sequence that's gonna take time uh-huh. and so Logistically, yeah, yeah yeah so i so i get that and and whenever i've gone in and said yeah i i'm, I'm not trying to beat this to death so uh, you know right. and they totally get it I've, I've never had a director go yeah well you know <laughs> i want to just you know see what we get I, i've i've never had that
0: right and i'm in terms of i mean going off of this incredible cast, as American Crime is a great example, because it's such an amazing cast. How often do you then go in a scene with a scene partner, you're sharing these intense dialogue one-on-one, and you're learning from them? And what kinds of things do you learn? Maybe like the first time you work with such an actor.
1: Mm, I mean, I, again, I feel like I'm always learning. Um mm-hmm. I don't know. For when you brought that up, although we're talking about American crime, I immediately went to leftovers. Uh, with, <laughs> I was hoping you were going to go. There.
0: Uh, we just spoke to Carrie Coon. And oh, we, did you? We did briefly talk about that scene with the two of you in close up, which was oh, you was guys
1: got to talk about it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah.
0: That scene that gives me chills still to think
1: mm-hmm. about. So that was one of those moments where, mm-hmm. you know, you you you're. I don't know how to say this without it sounding like a mm. narcissist. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but it's one of those moments where you go, wow, she loves this as much as I do.
0: Mm, mm.
1: And we felt like we were in a play. It was just oh, me and her. And, mm. you know, that camera could have been sitting like two inches from our ears and we wouldn't have, <laughs> it was just she and I. Mm. And um, wow. those moments are rare. They're also like mm. the, the, the those little reminders from the universe that tell you, yeah, I I, I blessed you with this mm. gift and mm. I want you to share it. And not only do I want you to share it with an audience, Share it with each other. And, yeah. you know, that was a moment for us to share. And it was it was wonderful.
0: That is beautiful. Oh, my God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I love thinking about that scene. Yeah. <laughs> and I do feel like it's just a master class in acting. Oh, like, thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. Um, what was the, do you remember what the first take of that was like compared to the last take? I'm guessing there was not, like you're saying, like, no rehearsal, no, let's talk it out. No, there really wasn't.
1: Again, we had, um, uh, Craig, uh, Craig Sobel, Craig, Craig, oh gosh, I'm, 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 can't remember his last name. Craig, uh-huh. it's like a Z or something like that. Shucks, um, he was one of those directors that definitely mm. was a, that doesn't is not into the overdoing things, over rehearsing, mm. and over talking right. about it. He is definitely not one of those,
0: mm.
1: and th- well, you, I think both Carrie and I appreciated that. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, there was just excitement going into mm. it because. You know, we get the, we get the script and we're like, "Oh my God, this is an eight page scene and it's just <laughs> yeah. she and I," you know. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I'm trying to think. Here's the thing, that was um, a long scene for just two people, mm-hmm. um, as far as on film, you know. Sure. You know, in in, in a play, yes, you mm-hmm. have that all the time, but. Um, mm. That was one of those things is uh uh where we were lucky that I like to do my coverage first if possible and Carrie oh, okay. likes to do hers and Carrie doesn't care. Okay. So oh. that was it's, it's perfect, you know. Yeah. You know cuz oh. sometimes you have those oh thank you gosh I got to work with this actor who likes to do their coverage last. Right, mm-hmm. right. You right. know um And when you have those moments where uh, um, both people like to do their coverage first or both people like to do their Mm -hmm. coverage last, um, (laughs) you know, it's it's one of those moments of who's going to be the bigger person first. Uh, Right. right. (laughs) And, and, you know, it kind of goes (laughs) like this. um, You know, I I like to do my coverage first, (laughs) but I mean, you know, whichever you want to do, you know, you know, I'm (laughs) fine. You don't want to be yeah. So like, yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah So a lot of times how that ends up being uh, determined is like uh location, you know, the light is going that way oh. so we're turned this way, we're mm. going to stay on you. So, you know, oh, there those all those factors come yeah. in, but um so that made it even um better for both of us that yeah. um she really didn't care and mm-hmm. um I I like to go first.
0: You just dive right in. Yeah. yeah
1: um,
0: what about um, wide shots versus close ups? Do you have like a preference about that as well? Is that a preference that actors have?
1: Uh, for me, it depends on the emotion of the scene. I prefer Ooh, okay. to do the um the close up first. Okay. Um. Hmm. It, because it, the depending on the level of emotion, you know, you you get spent after a while. And, mm-hmm. um, but, but sometimes, you know, again, depending on what it is that you're doing, you know, you have to do the wide shot first because it might be a bunch of extras and, all, and so you, so the, mm. the, the, the DP and the director and the ADs need to see what they're matching to. Right. Okay. You know, so they, mm. so sometimes it has to work that way. It, it just, it just can't work where, gotcha. um you get to do the close-up first. So Mm -hmm, usually, mm -hmm. um, for myself, you know, I try to save um, it it, as much as I can if I have to start in the wide.
0: Gotcha. So it is a matter of saving, like energy.
1: Yes, energy, really. It's Mm -hmm. energy, energy, you know, mind power. You, Mm. You know, after you have a day where you're shooting really emotional things. Um oh, all day, of course. Yeah, usually most actors, you know, you go home and you just sleep. You know, yeah. you don't even eat.
0: Totally, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can't take care of yourself because you're yeah. just drained. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. That's so amazing to think about, like, especially this idea that you're the kind of actor, I love this idea that you are the kind of actor who, like, put the camera on me in close-up, Get let me go first, let me, like, react right away, like, dive into the material. <laughs> Like, I'm thinking of this most recent... I think it was even in the finale of American Crime Season 3 when your character uh, has to examine the contents of a body bag.
1: Mm. And
0: that was another instance where I felt, God, they must have just used
1: the first take because... Yeah, Jessica said she used the first... We we only did two. They did. We only did two takes. Wow. Okay, wow. Yeah, that was a heavy scene, though. I'm sure.
0: Yeah. Did you... And so that's that heaviness you're talking about that energy, right?
1: Of yes. Like
0: the mental and the emotional toll. And so it is wise to just go for it on the first try.
1: Yes. Especially cool. with with that. I mean, yeah. um because uh and 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 I got to tell you sometimes it can be um dangerous to go first mm. because I will say that I've mm. had um instances where by the time I I I I've opted to go first and mm-hmm. by the time we get around to the other actors coverage, I've mm. discovered something else. Uh-huh. Right. So That's you so you, you do take idea. that away from yourself if you are a person mm. that likes to go first, but right. Right. I find that um I still rather go first. <laughs> yeah. Well, you because you trust your instincts enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And those instincts are just honed over time with with practice and experience.
1: Yeah, and, and like I said, l- a lot of times you can't go first. A lot of times you you, yeah. you can't get your coverage done first. It, it it does not always work that way for me. Mm, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And how does all
0: of this inform your directing? Like I know actors often make fabulous directors because you have so much experience in front of the camera. Like how many of these techniques are you then applying to the actors that you are, are directing?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I I do ask that question sometimes, not, not sometimes, but a lot of the times when, when it's two actors that are on the same level, meaning as far as their importance in the show. You know what I oh, mean? Uh-huh. Like, gotcha. I'll, I'll ask. You know, who wants to go first? Or mm-hmm. if if I feel like it's a scene that it's more emotionally heavy for one actor, I mm. will go to the other actor and say, "Do you mind if they go first? If they like to?" Mm-hmm. And and cool. usually they're like, "Fine." So I'll, I'll ask that actor mm. before I, I ask the. Um, the, the, the actor that seems to be carrying the emotional burden, and and I, you just yeah. do that out of out of respect because you know the the person that's uh, you know that's uh, if it's a show that's heavy on like for example, a scandal where it's Carrie yeah. is working every single day, you know, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, to to uh, she's a, and she's such a giving person. Mm. Um, you know, if it's a scene where she, her character's not carrying the emotional weight in the moment, you know, I, I've mm. got to ask her first. Well, can can I do right. their close up first if they if they if they feel like they need it? I, I will ask her before mm-hmm. I offer that to the other actor, just out of respect of Carrie gotcha. Washington. You know, totally. so right. I, I'm just using Carrie as an example. Yeah, because well, um,
0: she's the star, and she yes. does have so much emotional like rollercoasters to go through. Yes, coaster coaster coaster, right? yes, so, yes, yes. How do you give direction? How do you um, give actors notes?
1: Um, it's different from actor to actor. I mean, mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest uh, things that you learn is be uh, uh, um, about directing. Is that mm-hmm. there's a lot of psychology involved? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's there's some actors that. You know, say it's a scene that, and I'm not going to mention any names here because I don't want to tell on anybody. <laughs> um, uh, some actors that say it's a scene they're, that there are four actors in and they all have, mm. you know, stuff to do. And, you know, some actors, you know, if you want them to bring it up a notch, they're they're super competitive, so they're the oh. type of person where you go that was good but <gasps> oh such and such just like ate that up like no th- th- that way. was that was their take <laughs> th- th- you know and it's and, and it's in and, 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 and it's usually men uh uh-huh. okay <laughs> and wow. that that say like okay 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 that's that's they all they need up. you know okay and then um for oh, some people Um, it's, um, and, and I find that it's always better to come and talk to the actor. I like to talk to the actors in their ear Mm. or up close. Mm -hmm. I, I hate when we're in situations where I have to, I can't get to them quick enough because just the set, we're in a practical location and, Mm -hmm. you know, the, 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 the village is over here, and they can't set up some s- small screens for me to get closer. So uh, okay. sometimes you have to, you know, yell from behind the thing, <laughs> and that's like the worst. I really yeah. hate doing that because it it breaks an actor's concentration because they're yeah. trying to hear what you're saying. Yeah, and, okay. and and they and they don't need to be doing that. They need to be focusing on what they're yeah. about to do. Yeah. So um, I try to. Intimate Run out and have intimate conversations um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as often as possible.
0: But you're reading the actor, and you're trying to figure out, or maybe you already know, like kind of their so, style.
1: Um, you, you Yeah, you got you got to get in there quickly and do a. a, a you got to do quick reads on yeah. people. Um, mm-hmm. You also, um, if you're lucky enough, if it's for shows, um, get the opportunity mm-hmm. to come to the set before. Oh, okay. You can get an idea. Of 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 how how uh, how people are and yeah, um, a lot Mm. of times uh, the producers will let you know. um, Oh, okay. Give you a hint. Give you a hint of you know what to expect, and that's very very helpful. Um, Because, like I said, it's it's a psychology.
0: That's so interesting, and I feel like that must be especially true for TV because. Yeah, as you're saying, you have to get in there and suddenly adapt. And if it's a long running show like a Scandal, like Kerry Washington's been working on that show for years and years and years, and so you can't swoop in there and impose your own
1: no, styles or be addicted. Definitely like, cannot. You yeah. know, you you got to always be giving a note based on the arc of that character.
0: Uh-huh, and uh-huh. you,
1: uh, for me, you know, I, I'm I respect that. No one knows the character better than you
0: yeah, you you cool. you've
1: you've you've made this character be the who who they are like just recently on shameless um I had a great mm-hmm. scene that i i like I am just so enamored with jeremy I think he is just such mm-hmm. a great actor, and i just <laughs> i I can't wait to see what his career does even beyond Shameless. He's got this mm-hmm. James cool. Dean type thing mm-hmm. going on. And, <laughs> you know, his character is going through what he's going through. I mean, you know, I'm not, mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about what's about to come on the eighth Spoilers. season. Spoil yeah. Spoil anything. Right. But we have this one scene that he had to do, and th- it was something written one way, and... You know, for a moment, I thought maybe it shouldn't be that way. And for a moment, he thought it shouldn't be that way. And then it, then we talked about it and decided to do a different version kind of oh, okay. of, of what was written. And it was all based on F- F- Lip's journey from the past oh. seven years. And, you okay. know, and although all was one little scene... Not even probably thirty seconds long, but it's mm. um, a very important scene to the story, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it it was that was that was a very cool recent moment for me, uh, actor to actor as a director,
0: mm. right? And it does always come back to story and to character,
1: always, yeah, always. Yeah.
0: And it's true that the actor is the they're the authority on their character.
1: I I, I do believe I mean, so. Maybe not. <laughs> I I don't to, yeah. I totally believe so. And yeah. I think that when you have when you see some of those instances where you know people have kind of fallen out with the creator of a show and oh, they've gone mm-hmm. their certain ways, mm-hmm. I think it's because you know the actor was was seeing a different Person that they were developing than what the creator was developing. Mm. You know, when it when it doesn't come down to personalities. You know, sometimes yeah, yes, obviously yeah, yeah. it's just those personalities yeah. where they were like matter and antimatter. They just yeah, yeah you know
0: that can happen too. Yeah.
1: yeah, but I think times when you've when you've mm. seen you know we decided to go our separate ways or whatever. Um, I think it's sometimes because of hmm. I didn't I didn't see her as growing that way.
0: There's almost something beautiful about that. Like a character is its own thing and an actor and a writer producer both have like joint ownership over it or something.
1: I I think so. I because look at the end of the day that uh, that that writer planted the seed and um, or the writer put the words on the blank piece of paper. Well, it's my job to bring Mm. that to life. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. there is this beautiful partnership between a writer and an actor.
0: Yeah, especially on TV. Yeah, absolutely. As it evolves. Yeah.
1: But I think period. I think period. I mean, it's usually, um, you know, for a lot of actors, for a lot of us, it's terrifying the idea of sitting in front of a blank piece of paper and writing something.
0: Yeah, telling oh us God, that's terrifying.
1: Sure. And yeah. usually for a lot of writers to allow yourself to be vulnerable and then expose yourself for everyone to judge <laughs> is terrifying. Yeah. So that's the re- your body. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. the reason why that partnership, I think, is is one that's not spoken about often, but is wow. the most intimate of all of the relationships in the production of a piece.
0: Yeah, sure. And that might explain why you and John Ridley are just a match made in heaven. Like I said because you're that's that writer actor collaboration at its finest.
1: Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I mean, it seems to me. It seems to me because you guys have had three chances with three completely different characters to create, you know, indelible, real, grounded but also compelling characters and you've you've done three
1: yeah yeah it's it's been a pretty uh, amazing uh, journey so far and it just seems to be uh, just getting started for mm-hmm. the two of us you know we, we, so we've exciting. gotten to know each other um through our art and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um we've gotten to know each other outside of it so i think it just mm. makes both uh relationships richer
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I want to ask you specifically this because of these three characters and the fact that they're three such different characters, but on different stories, but on the same show. What has each taught you? Like, how does inhabiting them must change you as an actor, right? And and bring you into the next role with some new piece of information maybe about yourself or about how you work, I suppose.
1: Um yes, I do feel like, you know, it's funny because I've I this question it ha, has one that is one that I've been asked before mm-hmm. and I got to tell you I'm still figuring out how right. to answer it because mm-hmm. I feel like it's so complex. Um yeah. um the, the the answer is so complex because mm-hmm. um I feel like there's a, a a bit of that happening with every role I've done, sure. you know, uh-huh. the, taking me to the next. Um, so I, I guess I try to find. I'm try, I'm still trying to find a way to make that answer specific to the experience of American crime. But as I'm talking to you right now, I feel mm-hmm. like it's not it's impossible for me to make it specific sure. to. Um, um, American crime. But what I can make specific to mm-hmm. uh, uh, working on the show is that it's made me more aware of how I grow each character I play. From, oh, okay. you know, Brenda on 227 mm. to um, Kamara um, mm-hmm. on American this crime. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And I don't think... I recognize that until someone just—this is—you're the third person that is, have, has <laughs> asked me that. And the first time I was asked, I was kind of like, hmm— you know, I couldn't even answer it. I was like, I don't know. I I, I don't know. I'll have to think an about that one. Yeah, <laughs> rather than yeah. And then the it's second time, process. I thought about it a little deeper and I think I gave a little bit of an answer, but this time <laughs> what I realize is that each role has taken me to the next, but now, maybe I'm just also at the age, or having had a little bit of wisdom uh, over mm-hmm. the years to um, actually be aware of the fact that I've grown as an actor
0: mm-hmm. Each, mm-hmm.
1: with each role.:
0: Yeah, and I feel like that's the role of an actor is to be aware of those
1: changes. Sure. Absolutely, right? absolutely. I'm. You don't want to
0: just like plateau, and kind of just start giving the same performance over and over again.
1: Right. I would. I. I you know. I've always said that if that happens, then you know I, I don't really want to do this anymore. If yeah. if that's what I'm because. Part of what made me want to be an actor is seeing Sally Field as Norma Mm. and as Sybil, and just those Uh characters being so different, and that Mm. I just was in awe of that woman. And just I remember saying to myself, I want to make people feel like that. Very cool. You know, like I, 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 there's just was never, I don't know anything about people working in a factory. I didn't know, yeah. <laughs> you know, of course. anything about a person with um multiple personalities, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: And yet I knew everything from watching those two films. Wow. You cool. know? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I mean by making people feel like that, making people yeah. believe what what they're seeing and hearing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm making my heart beat fast and making the hair stand on my arms. Um, So uh, it really
0: does all come down to inspiration.
1: Yes. Yes, it does. I keep
0: thinking that's, that's what keeps artists driving forward.
1: I think so. And I also feel like, um, you know, I don't ever want to stop learning. I I, I don't ever, ever want. I mean, if that's the last moment that I have is that I've, recognize that I just learned something before I leave this earth, that would be mm. the greatest last breath to take, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like with all artists, there's kind of that, you know how they say that, you know, artists never finish, they just walk away. Ooh, uh-huh. You know, because you you, totally. you can't, you, you're going to keep adding to it. You're going to go, oh, yeah. this, <laughs> oh, well maybe this, you know? Yeah. And it's
0: that carving in snow thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You know, the it discovery is a beautiful 100. thing.
0: Right. Well, and I should ask you some of the backstagey questions before we wrap up because you are both an actor and a director and you're very good at both of those things. So I, I feel like our listeners should hear what is something that a an actor who's new to film to or, or to on-camera acting, maybe they're theater trained or maybe they're just, you know, new to a set, what's like the one thing that you wish actors in that position knew?
1: The importance of hitting their mark. Oh, really? Yeah, I mean, simple (laughs) as that. (laughs) (laughs) Because... Underrated. Yeah, man. I mean, honestly, you know, it's... Again, going back to emotional scenes. Uh Uh-huh. So, say it's that moment of a scene that has a lot of emotion and... You don't hit your mark and don't feel that light, mm-hmm. and that was your best take.
0: <laughs> oh, uh huh.
1: <laughs> you know the director, yeah. the DP, everybody's going. Oh gosh, you can't use so you that, know you right. do another take, but they, they, you, the the actor just can't get it back.
0: The magic's gone. Yeah, Ugh. you got to get that baseline of technical yeah. know how just mm-hmm. out of the way. It's
1: really yeah. important. Second it really, nature. really is.
0: Mm. Gotcha. I want to ask, too, going off the directing thing, I know it, it's a burden almost. I don't know if it's a burden, but women in film, and specifically women, female directors in film and TV, are so much a minority. It's such a rare thing that it's not really fair, I almost feel like, for me to ask you questions about it because you shouldn't have to be the spokesperson for all women in film or all women in TV. But as a female director what what do we need to do? What steps can we take to make things a little bit more equitable?
1: Um, one, I think definitely continuing to talk about it. You know, just you asking uh-huh. this question, I think it's important mm. that we continue to shine a light on the fact that the numbers are so yeah. ridiculous. Um, yeah. constantly just reminding producers and uh creators uh that um there are other perspectives to telling a story Mm. you know the Mm. story is about a woman that sits in a chair well that story is different from all five people that are looking at that woman in the chair right you know and um you need to hear the perspective of of women, the perspective of mm. um, people of, of 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 other colors and mm-hmm. um, cultures. It's it's very important. It's part of. It's 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 unfair not to, mm. and um, yeah. un- unfair to the audience, you know, unfair to the artists, yeah. Um, So I I feel like more than anything, we have to keep talking about it and not allowing it to be uh, normalized because that's that's what happened. You know, like, I mean, I'm so not even going on the the subject matter of what's happening in our country right now. Yes. But as soon as we start, it starts feeling normalized, as soon as we stop talking about it, as soon as we stop trying to get together and figure out what we can do, um, mm-hmm. th- then then it's going to remain the same. So yep. there are a lot of, uh, you know, uh, 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 female w- women directors who mm-hmm. um, won't stop and don't stop Mm. Sh- shining a light on the disparaging numbers.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And and, and they shouldn't. We shouldn't. So, no. We, I don't know a woman director who would um, receive you asking that question as, mm. oh, once again, I, I don't know anyone that would. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, always ask that question. <laughs> right. Because
0: it's about, like you said, it's about having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. hmm when I feel like a lot of your work, specifically American Crime, like, is doubles as, as advocacy or doubles as political and even controversial or, or touching on hot-button issues. And how important is that aspect of your, like, how you see your role as an actor? It's not priority number one, I assume, when you're picking roles to—you don't want to be preachy or, or saying, I'm taking this on because I want to spread this message— It's more about does the does it inspire you or does it challenge you? Right. But
1: yes, it's totally uh, about that. I don't I can't say that I went into American crime like, oh, wow, this is going to be something that makes people have I don't know another word to say it, but cross conversations. Um, yeah Mm -hmm. i i didn't Mm -hmm. go into it like that i think the first thing i thought was like wow abc is doing this Mm, cool you know because 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 the pilot was already done before i was asked to come on board yeah so um to play a muslim yes so that was just like so Mm -hmm. then at that point yeah when john and i are talking and he's telling me about aliyah and you know, mm-hmm. that she will wear the hijab. I was like, okay, well, okay. There, there there might be some conversations here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, And
0: you're not going to shy away from that. No,
1: not at all. Not right. at all. Totally. Um, the opportunity mm-hmm. to um, be able to represent a voice that doesn't get the opportunity mm-hmm. to be uh, heard an, on mainstream. Absolutely. Yep.
0: Yeah. On network TV. Yeah. yeah. Remarkable. It's such a great show.
1: Well, thank you. Um,
0: I think we have to wrap up, but is there anything else that backstage listeners of this podcast should know? Any other um, last words of wisdom?
1: Just don't give up. You know, uh-huh. just just keep keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Don't give up. Don't let your mind beat you up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's good advice, too. <laughs> and if you keep Following that advice, you could win an Emmy Award. Hey, you never know. <laughs> I just rewatched your speech of the your first one, of the first Emmy, and you really, truly had, you were very shocked.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> you, very, you very much You did not so. think you were going to win. No, not no. at all. Especially because, you know, at, 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 at a certain point, just looking at the landscape of what was being recognized in television yeah. and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I had been vocal about it before, and I felt like being vocal once I had, had been vocal about it. You know, so sometimes you get the response of, oh, here goes another person on their soapbox. And, you know, kind of mm. like, you know, F that. You know, this, uh, this <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not liking the way this feels. I'm seeing yeah. a lot of talented um, performances um, be, uh, you know, overlooked.
0: Yeah, you know, and, and sure. that's
1: frustrating to me and yeah, a lot yeah. of uh, talented performances and performers not being remembered. That's v- yeah. very frustrating mm. to me. So I'm going to say something Absolutely. about it. So when I decided to, I had a huge support from my team before mm. I decided to. And so when I did press send, I kind of felt like, well, you know. <laughs> there goes any uh moment of being recognized by anything um, you know, with the television academy, but okay. Yeah. I, I feel like I feel like this is n- I feel like I need to say this out loud yeah. and not say cool. it to just people that 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 feel the same way. I I need yeah, to say it internal, out. Internal yeah yeah, yeah.
0: You can't preach to the choir, you gotta say it on the biggest platform. Yeah. yeah. So
1: to do that and not be scolded by the mm. academy but mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. um rewarded, <laughs> you mm. know, was that was that was a huge beautiful moment for me mm. that I share with a lot of young girls who are not mm-hmm. familiar, you know, they're not paying attention to American crime or TV, mm. you know, they're watching what's on YouTube. And, Uh you know, I share with them that, you know, you can speak your mind, but if you speak your mind eloquently and honestly, um, it's not going to hold you back.
0: Well, thank you for your honesty and thank you for your insights. I'm really I really think that listeners are going to get a lot out of this.
1: Oh, good. I hope so. I (laughs) hope so. (laughs) And for talking about your inspirations
0: and your influences, because you you inspire me, you inspire a lot of us who are big fans of you.
1: Thank you. Well, <laughs> honestly, you inspire me because I feel like um if you guys keep calling me back, that <laughs> means I'm doing something right and <laughs> yes. I and I'm yes. keeping the dream alive, you know.
0: <laughs> you are. Gosh, thank you so much. Thank, thank, you. thank you for being our guru.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. <laughs>
0: Aren't you glad when our interviewees are as candid and as honest and as eloquent as Regina was?
2: Yes. I'm not going to say absolutely. Yes.
0: Actors Actors need this. Actors need her wisdom. Thank you, Regina, for joining us. Yeah,
2: there was a lot to chew on there.
0: Yes. I'm going to go back and listen to it again. Is there anything else that we need to do? No, I think we're pretty much done for this episode. Indeed, I was this was such an honor. What a great interview. Shall we roll credits? We should do. In the Envelope and Awards podcast is recorded at Lotus Productions and ARS Studio in New York City and Soundbox LA and Mark Grau Studio in Los Angeles. Thank you, as always, to producer, editor, and all-around podcast extraordinaire, Jamie Muffet. You can follow him on Twitter, at JamieMusicNYC. You can follow me, Jack Smart, on Twitter, at JackSmartWrites. Thank you, as always, to the team at Backstage, a.k.a. the most trusted name in casting, Peter Rapaport, Ryan Remstad, Jesse Balashak, Francis Ramos, Rwan Al-Khatib, Mark Stinson, and especially the astounding Casey Howe. For more awards and industry coverage, head over to Backstage.com. Thank you for listening. Tune in next time for another glimpse, In the Envelope.